What's up, Hyperfast Nation? We've got an amazing guest on this episode of the show. He started off as a solo agent, crushed it, started his own team, then brokerage. Now he's got a brokerage and a team. He's also huge on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Welcome to the show, Zachary Loft. Welcome to the show today, Zachary. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, brother. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, you, uh, you've got a great setup, by the way. Just Thanks, uh, man. <laughs> love, love that mic. <laughs> Appreciate it, brother. Appreciate it. What, uh, what, what's your background? Just so people, people knowing uh, or listening and watching can know a little bit about you before we dive into all the great stuff you're doing today. Like, How did you get to where you are today? Appreciate you, man. Uh, so I became a realtor a little over four years ago. Uh, so it's twenty uh, January 2017. Uh, I was a Department of Corrections officer and then six-year Army vet before that. Uh, got through the Army, didn't know what I want to do with my life. Um, technically National Guard, but I had a full-time contract the whole time. Uh, Georgia, Afghanistan, El Paso, all that fun jazz. Um, and then got out, didn't know what I wanted to do. Worked for a surround sound company, quit. Then I went work for the state. Got, uh, got fired, um, got fired from another job, and then went over into Department of Corrections. Like, okay, well, I guess this is what I got to do. Um, had a realtor um, approach me, who was actually my old elementary school teacher, I'm sorry, principal, uh, and she was like, hey, you should be a realtor. And I'm like, no. Uh, she ended up asking, <laughs> yeah, she ended up asking two more times. Third time, she was like, look, I signed you up for the class. It starts tomorrow. I was like, well, okay. And so for like, from then on, I just decided, you know, the rest of my life hadn't really gone too well. I got demoted a couple times in the army, just nothing was working for me. It seemed like life was fighting against me. And so I looked at all of what had happened in my life and I'm like, well, the common variables, me, I'm the most common denominator amongst all these failures. So I decided to start working on me. I'd never picked up a book to read that I wasn't told to read. Like if it wasn't of mice and men, I probably didn't read it. Um, and Picked up things like the one thing, the miracle morning, rich dad, poor dad, think and grow rich, like all these typical ones. And then I started getting deeper and more niche, you know, getting into unshakable by Tony Robbins, getting into atomic habits, a circle of habit, um, different books like Jim Quick's, uh, you know, limitless and learning how to structure my brain in a way that's going to actually help me grow as a man, a leader, a business owner. And from then, individual agent ended up winning rookie of the year for Delaware and then went on to start a team at the end of the year. And then after two years of running the team, we transitioned into being a brokerage, liquidated the team into individual agents. And just within the last week, uh, I'm sorry, week, month, restarted the team because I missed it and uh, partnered with my father, uh, who within his first month now has nine deals under contract uh, because he took over my whole database and he's doing all the day-to-day -day sales and I get to sit in front of a camera or behind a keyboard and be a nerd on the marketing side because that's what I'm passionate about and that's where nice. we're at. well how that's that's a uh, quite a background and, and story <laughs> by the way appreciate it which is common most of the people that do really well in real estate they they rarely like grew up thinking I'm going to be a real estate agent oh yeah I've never met one um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I have either, maybe if their parents were in it, but, um, 
Yeah, that's the funny thing. My dad was a realtor about uh, six years ago and uh, quit, hated it. Had two deals over six months. It's like, I just can't do this. So, but he's a great salesman. He just didn't have any structure. He was, he was 20 years military as well. So he just didn't have that structure. He didn't have the systems around him. He didn't know what to do when he walked into the office. I was like, do this again. I'll give you all the systems. Take my leads. So where, where did you serve in the army when you were in the army? So uh, I was a 25 Sierra uh, slash Bravo, which meant I was all tech. I was a signal geek. Um, I, uh, you know, I was stationed here in Delaware, but like I said, all active contracts. Uh, we went to El Paso before our going to Afghanistan, spent time down for a year in Fort Gordon, Georgia, uh, and overall did uh, other things like uh, here in Delaware. Did two years on the back end, uh, Air Force Reserve, working on the flight line in Dover, uh, just on the weekends, and uh, then slowly got out uh, just because the military just, you know, vibes didn't match, really didn't. Um, so I needed the ability to push myself. I didn't get that there. It seemed like every time I pushed myself, I hit my nose against the wall and ended up falling five feet backwards. Um, so the entrepreneurship. Yeah. Like you, you push yourself into the confines of the system, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. The people who put themselves out there oftentimes are the ones that, you know, uh, get the flack, you know, it's, it's almost like the person, uh, like in sports, you know, whoever throws the second punch gets in trouble. So it's, you know, you put yourself out there, you try to be, gung-ho and squared away you know you make that reputation for yourself then when you have one tiny little thing go the other direction they're like oh terrible like so it uh i learned to be a part of the herd but never liked it and wanted to break out how how was the transition from that to ending up as a correctional officer wasn't a huge transition honestly um very structured um a part of me a part of me liked it because I was used to the structure, but then the other part of me was just like, I'm just going into the same exact thing. Am I really going to make this my career? Um, so I had the comfort of like being told when I got to piss, but I didn't have what I actually wanted in life. And do you think the, the discipline and maybe working within a system mm-hmm. from that background do you think that translated into habits that made you successful as a real estate agent? Cause I think a lot of agents struggle with not having a boss or not having, you know, accountability. No, I, I honestly think it makes it a little worse. The same reason my dad uh, couldn't make it after 21 years in the military. Um, because when you're locked into, because yes, there's systems, but they're, they're almost like invisible systems. Like I don't see where the paperwork goes. I don't see how it gets from one person to the next, all the way up the chain or down the chain. I don't see it. I just know what happens. So when you get into a position where it's all you, it's like, cool, I crave the systems, but I have no clue how to make them. And that's what leads to that frustration. Um, and I had to push past it. Hey, hold that thought. Do you want to get a hundred tips? for free from my best selling real estate book, The Hyper Local Hyper Fast Real Estate Agent. If you do, go to hyperfasttips.com and you can download 100 of my best tips today. Again, that's hyperfasttips.com. You can download 100 tips on how to grow your business, get more clients, deliver more value to more people. Go to hyperfasttips.com. The things I learned in the position I'm in now and the reason I think I'm doing very well on the brokerage side and the team leadership size and I, uh, I have over 100 clients in a 60-day marketing school um, is 
I do extremely well at being a personable leader, I believe. Um, and honestly, that came from having terrible leaders in the military. <laughs> it was, it was, I, I basically said, yo, I, these people were awful. These four, you know, how can I be the exact opposite? And started studying people like the John Maxwell's and the Simon Sinek's um, and truly learned how to be a servant first leader uh, and feed them first. And that has just yielded great dividends, amazing relationships and true satisfaction at the end of the day, knowing that they're living lives. Maybe they wouldn't have ordinarily led um, if we hadn't made the connection. So it sounds like you, you had a lot of leaders that were, were warnings and then you, yeah. you sought out ones in, mm. in books, at least, that you could study that were examples. Yeah. And now you've emulated that success in your, your role as a salesperson. And now that's translating into training other people to have that kind of success as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. How, how is the transition from, you know, solo agent, you, you, eat what you kill you're in charge of you know yourself yeah right? obviously yeah. helping your clients how how was the transition from that to now broker owner with 20 agents mm -hmm. under you that uh in some shape or form depend on you yeah so i mean i think it starts as a game when when people say you know is it time for an assistant is it time for a buyer's agent isa you know transaction coordinator i think it all stems from time. It's all an equation. Um, and when people can understand and realize the dollar per hour equation of, okay, I'm doing 30 deals a year right now, but I could do 40 if I had a transaction coordinator who could handle the minutia stuff that I'm having to pull over to the side of the highway to get up on my, my e-signature service to sign a CIS or, you know, something like that. Um, or I could take on more listings if I had an admin who, before I walked into a listing appointment, was structured to send out an email that showcased all of my past successes with a link to my reviews and a quick little video about me and sent them a uh, post-appointment follow-up, you know, or if I had an ISA who could call these leads for me and I got fed the best ones and I didn't waste my time spreading it amongst 50 people, you know, it's all math. And it's all the direction you want to take it. For me, my first hire was a transaction coordinator on the admin side um, because I knew my weaknesses. My weaknesses were structured organization. Um, so I needed the structured organization so I could continue to be the creative mastermind, the evil genius, the guy who just sprints forward at a million miles an hour, um, making sure I didn't you know, have mistakes. Um, so, uh, and then... The other hire that came after that was buyer's agent. Um, and I already had a guy who was next to me, his name's Austin, but we really brought on a buyer's agent who could start handling showings because we started to realize, okay, we're traveling 40 minutes to go to a tour for a whole day that can lead to absolutely $0 and zero cents. We need to hire that out and focus our time and money on closing, gaining the lead and getting the listings, which ultimately lead to more buyers. So, um, yeah, just, just playing the math game. When, when you find out I'm spending X amount of hours doing this and it's making me Y, then why shouldn't I hire out stuff for the W stuff and the Z stuff? Because that stuff's not yielding as much money. Yeah, I think a lot of people struggle with 
with that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're right. You're absolutely. We all right. know the numbers. Like eighty some odd percent of agents don't work out, but then of the ones that do, so many of them are are doing similar amounts of business mm-hmm. as they were ten years ago. Um, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely and, right. And, and you see a lot of these like successful, but uh, very busy, and and they really can't grow or, yeah. or can't grow nearly as much as they could because it's just them and. Very busy, not and very then, productive. And then many of them go out and hire the buyer's agent first instead of an admin or an ISA. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I've just never understood why. why I think is. it can be the right direction. It just depends on what your problem is. Um, for me, my problem was I was missing dates. I was missing initials. I, you know, it was little tiny stuff um, that could lead to you having to fork over a thousand dollar deposit or um, a home warranty accidentally not getting ordered to closing. And then you got to front the cost for that, like little stuff like that. I was looking at my dollar at the end of the year. I was like, wow, I'm losing like 10 grand a year off tiny little mistakes. Nothing ethical, just like I'm missing a thing here and there. Um, and then time. How much time I looked at my screen time on my phone on things like dot loops. Oh my God. Like I, I got to, I got to leverage this out. Um, it could be a buyer's agent problem. If you see you're taking on or if you're already doing like 20 to 30 listings a year, a buyer's agent might be the right hire so that you can up that to 40 and 50. Um, but I believe when you're doing that, you need to give your buyer's agent something. You need to bring value if you're starting a team. And one of the best values I think you can bring for growth is something like a transaction coordinator um, who, when they come on, you basically tell them, look, take the client, sell the home, get our contract, hand it off, go through it again. Um, and basically just almost like the book, the one thing, having them focus on their one thing, which is lead gen and closing. Yeah. I, I just, I just think people in general, they, they get short-sighted and they're like, I don't want to make the hire. <laughs> like, I yeah, don't want to no, give absolutely. up the, the 50 grand that'll be a pain in the butt for three months hiring and training them. But then in 12 months, that investment will give me like a three X. Like, yeah, absolutely. And that's the other thing too. You train a, people are always talking about like, I don't want to lose my buyer's agent. I don't want to, because I don't want to train them up and then they go somewhere else. Um, like there's just all these different things that go about it. If you train admin, there's a lot less chance a you're going to lose them. And it's a lot easier to control it because a lot of times they're either virtual or staying in the office there. It's easier to control scripts. It's easier to control checklists because every deal is almost going to follow the same exact path. So for me, I agree. It should be admin first and then buyer's agent. Um, but as you like, as I did it, I only had the transaction core for like two months before we went and got a buyer's agent. She wasn't, or he wasn't nearly like ready to go. So it was, uh, well, once, once you get those tasks off your plate, those lower dollar per hour and, and you get to focus on the higher dollar stuff, it's, it's almost like you're, like you're liberated. So you're going to do more because you're, you're no longer bogged down by the stuff you don't enjoy. Yeah. Uh, and therefore the growth happens rapidly to where you do need buyers agents and listing agents eventually and all that stuff. Yeah. Completely agree. So why, why did you uh, decide to, 
disband the team and then ultimately bring it back. I think that that's kind of interesting. You don't hear that every day. Where people yeah. Great question. So for me, we had a situ- we had an odd situation where we were basically going to be forced to completely rebrand and redo the entire team due to a rule that was pretty much made up um, by, you know, our board um, that had to do with the age of a team leader and the time in which you had to be in the business in order to be a team leader. Um, and then the branding, we were going to have to brand it after our brokerage and take our name off. And it was just like this gigantic shit show where we couldn't get it through. And we're like, this is not applied to anybody else. You're literally just focusing us. Um, and the board is of course a bunch of brokers. So I got with my broker. I said, look, you know, I don't have the five years in to be a broker, which you need in Delaware. I want to buy you another broker's license and I want to open a brokerage. Um, it'll just be our agents. It's, you know, you're going to have almost no responsibility. We're going to take care of all the decision-making financials, all that fun stuff. We'll figure it out. We cut a deal, made it happen. And then I put the packet on their tape on their desk. The next meeting said, screw a team. We're going to be a brokerage. And there was nothing they could do to say no. And it was the most just satisfying day in my life because everybody who just kept saying no, there was nothing they could say no to now. So we became, we went from loft team to loft realty um, and then slowly shifted for the betterment of the agents there into an individual agent format instead of a team format so they could get paid more. There was less overhead for me because there was less systems that were being purchased for things like leads and CRMs. And everyone slowly started to find their own too, where we basically are built a team on new agents. We brought them in straight out of school. And the beginning parts of being on the team were great to get them running. But after a year or two, they started to find their own. Like, I prefer this, or, you know, I don't want a CRM, or I want to use this one, or I'm not huge on video, but I'm great at blogs. Like, or I want to rock the photography side. Like, they started to find their own. Uh, two of them became like uh, home flippers. One's killing it in property management. So we just said, you know what? 80, 20, 15K cap, your individual agents. And we did that last year. Um, Stayed right, you know, right by their side when it came to actually I say last year it happened in July, because we were still a team when COVID hit. And then once they started to really smash it during COVID because we stayed pedal to the metal as a team. um, I was like, take the 8020 go make your money. Here's what we're going to do. And then after that, I started to realize I had way too many leads. Um, Closed 62 deals this year. Never want to do that many again in my life. Um, And so I was like, I need someone who else who's ready to rock. So I brought my dad in. He is probably going to have close to 75 on his plate this year. And we're going to be looking, uh, we have two new agents in our pipeline who are going to be jumping on our team here soon. And we're hoping 2021 is going to be a 250 deal year. How, how is it working with your dad? How's that, how's that start? How's that? Great. We have, we always had a great relationship. Um, it's, uh, it's interesting, um, being the employer of your parent. Um, (laughs) it's definitely interesting. Um, but he's one of the best salesmen, best people that I know, um, extremely personable. He was an Air Force recruiter, actually. Um, and he was top three in the world for eight years straight uh, for the Air Force. So he's been very good at selling people on changing their lives. <laughs> and are you, are, is your role to generate the leads and then your, your dad's yep. like the lead sales guy on the team? Exactly. That's exactly it. So the way we have it structured is he's the boots on the ground. I'm the, I'm the rainmaker, um, which I always thought was a weird word, but that's what they say. Um, so, yeah, I run the marketing. Marketing's my passion. Marketing's what I'm good at and have an act for and train myself in. So that's, uh, that's my role in the company right now. And are you, do you guys, do you share, like if you have an overflow of leads, are you able, is that something you offer as a, as a benefit or 
you know, for a referral fee or a split with the, uh, you know, with our with our brokers, are, yeah, yeah, not at the moment. We do yeah. have stuff where it's out of our locale, a hundred percent. Where if okay. we have an agent who works up upstate, or you know, we have something downstate where it's you know not worth our travel. Maybe it's only a two hundred thousand dollar lead. You know, hey, here you go. Don't worry about it. I don't really charge a referral fee or anything like that. Um, but all of our agents eat pretty well, and I'm still there. You know, I, I still call every single agent. I still am in communication with every single agent. We still have our group chats. We still have our slacks. You know. So there's still constant communication going on. Um, and then, like I said, we're going to be growing it pretty rapidly. Um, so we don't really have an influx of leads going on right now because as it stands, and this is funny coming from a marketing guy, we're not spending a dollar on marketing, uh, but yet we have leads coming in every single day from the organic that we've been doing for the past nine months. Are you guys, are you guys part of a franchise or are you nope. your own independent? Okay. Yep. And yeah, so why, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot in the news about all sorts of different franchises and companies, mm -hmm. but why, why the independent, which we are as well, but, uh, yeah. like, I always like to get other people's answer on that. Yeah. I mean, well, the first answer and the easiest one is it doesn't cost anything to start outside of an LLC and getting your actual marketing stuff and your sign on the front door. Like you're not paying a franchise fee. Uh, I'm not losing a royalty fee. I'm not having to pay a percentage to an owner. Um, you know, there's no levels above us. Um, I pay my broker a flat fee and this year we'll take on a broker ourselves and we won't have that flat fee anymore. Um, and that's that we can also create our own structure. Um, if like, for example, we started off, it was 65, 35 and it was a team format with our systems. And then we were like change. And then it was 80, 20 with a $14,500 cap. And now we're expanding out of state and that's going to be a little bit different too. Cause we're going to have some different value props that are going to allow us to, you know, train them in marketing, train them in their business. Basically they're going to have built in coaches with our brokerage um, as well as an app and a training Academy. So it's going to be pretty much everything I like from like three or four different brokerages in one and, you know, if we were a Remax or a Stonewell or a Compass, you know, you kind of have to at, you know, abide by what they're doing, um, whether you agree or not. Yeah. So kind of like, you know, going back to your military and, and uh, correctional yeah. officer roles, like you, you just want my freedom. Sounds like. Yeah. And there could be some, and it's not a therapy session, but there could be yeah. some deep rooted. I'm scared. To, <laughs> I'm scared to have that again. So yeah. Cause things have been going so well that uh, you know, why uh, you know, keep running plays that work. It's working, it's growing, keep running plays that work. Where, uh, where do you think your biggest um, value add is to the agents that are not on your team, but are at your brokerage? Like why, why do they want to join your firm and stay there? It's a great question. Um, I'd say one accessibility. Um, I'm extremely accessible. Um, drop of a hat. I'm going to help them with whatever they need help with. Um, and then secondarily just training. Um, I, I do have a good amount of knowledge in the world of starting the business marketing. They've seen where I came from, um, and how quickly I was able to get to where I'm at. So, you know, the mirroring of results, they're like, okay, cool. I want to do that. Um, so for, especially the, the young people who are, you know, just getting into the business, have zero clue how to brand themselves, have no clue how to get out there. Um, we have a large value add in being able to get them out there to start getting business in the door. All right. And same, same question, but for 
The team members. Oh, easily just leads. Leads, uh, we boom town for our CRM. So it's a great CRM to utilize. Um, we're in their influencer program. So we get a pretty hefty discount. Um, because I wasn't going to pay $2,000. Um, so we have a great CRM. Um, we utilize Tom Ferry Elite Plus training. So um, we're going to be upgrading that to Team Plus here soon as we add agents. Um, and then, uh, oh, another value add for the brokerage. We have a transaction coordinator that still assists every single agent um, just with an admin fee to get charged to our clients. That's a huge one. Um, completely forgot about that. Um Website, obviously, that goes with it, IDX capable. We get a lot of Google organic leads that come through there. And, and really, it's the leads. Um, I could say out of the deals that he has under contract right now, um, about 5% were organically from him. Um, the other 95% were from the lead generation we created. All right. Any, any uh, tensions between you know running both at the same time? I know other people who have, have been in that situation uh, – you know, maybe you've had some challenges where the, you know, the, the interest of the people not on the team doesn't necessarily align with those on it. Like, mm -hmm. have you, have you had any issues there? And if, if so, how have you, how have you dealt with it? No, honestly, uh, we haven't had a single producing agent ever leave our brokerage. Uh, we have a hundred percent retention rate on, on producing agents. It's we've only ever lost a person who did one deal and then saw a shiny penny somewhere, um, or someone that we had to let go. Um, so I think the total amount of deals of people that have been at our brokerage and left is like four. So we've had an, an insanely great retention rate. Um, and it's because what's good, what's good for the goose is good for the gander or whatever the hell the phrase is, you know, it's, it's very inclusive. Um, there's nothing that we're doing that we keep secret from anybody and vice versa. Um, I invest in, uh, the flips that the one, uh, two guys do via property management. I send it off. We have person for commercial, we have people to help renters. Um, and like I said, locale, we shift up and I'm also helping them to build the same exact thing. Like Austin on our team, I'm helping him build a team, uh, Matt on our team. I'm helping him build a team. Like I'm not of a fixed mindset of if there's more teams around that we're going to get less business. Like we're helping them build and I would help them open their own brokerage. Like it's, it's about having a growth mindset, I think is one of the biggest value adds that we all have. Um, and we haven't had any tension. I won't speak it into existence. Um, but we all have aspirations there of not just being realtors, but being entrepreneurs and being, you know, just, uh, you know, using the, cliche of, you know, financially free, but just, we're all young, we're all growing, we're all, you know, in, in a higher tier when it comes to our age bracket. So we're all trying to just continue to grow. Not that we don't have, you know, my dad's like 50, we have a couple of people in their forties, but everyone's of that mindset of like, this isn't just about boots on the ground, day-to-day -day sales. This is about growing a career, a brand, a legacy, all that. Do you have any other investments, joint ventures or businesses that, that you're yeah. pursuing as well? Like what, what else do you have going on besides the team and the brokerage? Um, so I own a marketing company. I own Loft Level Marketing. Um, have about 100 clients there. Um, we started a couple months ago. Um, I am uh, in the onboarding process of becoming a Tom Ferry coach. Um, and I've already done some webinars and some digital speaking engagements with them. Um, I have a speaking engagement that's not Tom Ferry related, but I'll be on the same stage with Tom Ferry in April obviously digitally for now. Can't wait till that's done. Um, 
And um, from there, um, I own an esports team. Uh, we have uh, 40 players, 40, I think. Uh, yeah, 40 or 41 players, um, admin, content creators, coaches, all that fun stuff. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I got my hand in. Um, I'm heavy in stocks. I love stocks. I love crypto. I never let my money sit in a savings account. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, I invest. I don't currently have any buy and holds. We bought a duplex a month and a half ago. Um, I partnered with somebody on and then we fell through because the whole like upstairs is covered in wood rot. And I'm currently looking at getting an eight plex uh, that we're just kind of going back and forth on the numbers. And I'm hoping we can close on that one because I'm very excited about that and getting that snowball effect started with buying holds. But I'm also investing in uh, flips with the uh, two that are in our brokers are doing that. I have a capital investment they'll be putting into them here in March. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you've got uh, a growing and, and, and well diversified uh, you know, port, port, portfolio <laughs> of, of income and assets. So always. Always good to hear. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, you ready for the hyper fast round? Yes, always, man. That's that's my uh, that's my gig. If you've ever seen my TikToks, that's talking fast <laughs> is my thing. <laughs> All righty then. What's your biggest piece of advice to a new real estate agent? To look around you, see what people aren't doing, and fill the gap. What about to an experienced real estate agent? To never think that just because I've been doing it means it's the right way of doing it. All right. What's the biggest business challenge you faced and how'd you overcome it? The biggest business challenge we've ever faced is simply being different and continuing to push through being different to now we're being accepted, which I honestly don't like too much. So we're looking to be different again. All right. Uh, what are you doing or, or what do you, what would we find you doing? Most likely find you doing when you're not doing real estate. Golfing. Golfing. All right. I'm also a Twitch one. streamer. So one of those two. Where, uh, where do we, where do you see yourself five years from now? As a scratch golfer, um, and someone who has, uh, ownership over at least 20 different States brokerages, um, and a thriving speaking career. All right. What's, what's your golf handicap now? Golf handicap is sitting at about 16, hoping this summer I can get it into the single digits. All right. So, uh, Closer than most to that. that, that uh, That's what scratch. everyone keeps telling me, but I never feel too good when I'm there. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, before we sign off, if people want to connect with you or learn more about what you're doing, what are the best ways for them to do that? Uh, easily, uh, Instagram. It's the best place. If you want to actually physically connect with me, message me there. Um, TikTok, I got 1.5 million followers done during this recording right now. It's Zachary loft on both of those platforms. Uh, am going to be starting running and just, I'm speaking into existence, destroying it on YouTube this year, as I have a little bit more of my life leveraged out, um, via two new assistants that I hired cause I needed that. Um, and yeah, so it's going to be Zachary loft on YouTube too. Um, and I think we're only sitting at 9,000 subscribers. The big goals have a hundred thousand by the end of the year. And, um, yeah. Oh, uh, I was going to use anchor, but finding some kind of podcast platform cause I'm the guest on quite a few podcasts now. So finding a place where I can keep them all because I've heard anchor kind of sucks cause it got bought by Spotify, but we'll figure something out. Gotcha. All right. Well, so plenty of ways to connect with Zachary, uh, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. So check them out. Thanks for being on the show, Zachary. For everyone watching and listening, thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Absolutely, brother. Appreciate you.
Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyper Fat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyper Fat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests and improve our shows. Give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.